The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Joe. Welcome to episode 26. Uh, The number 26 is always going to be a haunting number for me, uh, because when I was 26, it was the beginning of a nearly 10-year nervous breakdown. Uh, I collapsed emotionally, uh, mentally, and all that. Uh, After bouts of deep depression, which I was in denial about, and as a result of said denial, I didn't get the help I probably needed, and uh, this disaster uh, occurred. Uh, 26, uh, was significant at the time because, um, I became obsessed with it and began to believe that it was some sort of sign from, uh, God or the universe or whatever that, um, uh, I was about to die, that I would not live to see the age of 27. Obviously that wasn't true as I am now 45. Uh, but yeah, I would see it everywhere, you know, we just, the number would pop up here and there. Like, you know, if you're buying something at the store, it would be $26.26. That type of thing, or even numbers that would add up to twenty six you know <laughs> just any way I could work it in to prove that there was something to it uh, my crippled mind would do it, so yeah, this went on for nearly uh ten years well the the, the obsession with twenty six only lasted the year because when I became twenty seven it was obvious that uh this wasn't true, so you think, oh well, that should be the end of it no, uh, the obsessions just moved on to something else. Um, in that state, uh, I was a bit open to suggestion a lot, uh, even though intellectually I always was like, no, this can't be, this isn't real. I can't, but, uh, but emotionally, you know, I'd buy it. And so it'd be like, well, just be on the safe side. Um, so, uh, I don't want to go into all the details because I really do not want to relive that crap. But, uh, uh, one of the sillier examples was like, I'd watch one of those, uh, TV documentaries on uh, alien abductions, <laughs> and so that would mean at least four nights of no sleep, <laughs> because it's like the aliens were going to come get me. <laughs> and lack of sleep, uh, well, that's not good for mental stability. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the whole thing eventually culminated where I became suicidal. I mean, it was over. I was planning it out. Uh, it was I was going to happen, but then. Uh, my parents intervened, and they sent me to a psychiatrist who was a brilliant man. Uh, he uh, had actually was had been a neurosurgeon you know, until, you know, your hands shake too much, can't do it anymore, and uh, he became a psychiatrist. So uh, as a neurosurgeon, s- surgeon, he, uh, he certainly knew the brain. So this guy knew what he was doing, and uh, he did a very good job. He, the man saved my life. Uh, he was an interesting guy. He was uh, from Vietnam. He'd been in the South Vietnamese Army during the war. I think he was a major or something like that. and um, But then the communists took over and he had to get out. And I think it cost him everything to get his family out and this type of thing. And uh, he had to work his way up from the bottom here in America. But uh, he did. And uh, so uh, far more impressive man than I'll ever be. <laughs> and uh, But uh, always going to be a personal hero of mine. So, um, yeah, I survived. <laughs> but... Uh, there was that, but of course, when you uh, have uh, 
a gap of ten years in your history like that, uh, employment is very hard to come by. <laughs> well, also because when you have uh, self-employed work in your past and uh, farm work and stuff, nobody counts that because, well, uh, when they're hiring or, or interviewing you or whatever they, and they try to do some background on you, they really can't because you know, all they can do is talk to you. <laughs> so, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'm loyal and reliable. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder uh, and depression, of course. But, uh, uh, and, you know, the, the classic OCD is like germaphobes and stuff. And sometimes I get it. I, I, I do have that, but not nearly to the extent that you usually see people who wash their hands every five seconds and all that type of thing. Um, I will not go into all the different things because uh, uh, it was a dark, terrible place. And I was always scared, <laughs> and I don't want to relive it. Uh, these days, uh, it's still there. I mean, uh, there's no cure for that. You just have to learn to live with it and uh, you know, treat it and that sort of thing. But these days, uh, since I've always been an artist, uh, there was all these different projects th that I would work on, uh, which is fine and all, but the problem was there's at least uh, 30 different versions of everything I've ever done. <laughs> And this comes in the form of stories. You know, I wanted to be a comic book artist or a comic strip artist, something like that. And so I got all these different story ideas. And uh, But I just would follow every possible outcome of whatever plot it could possibly be, and I would have to pursue it. You know, I couldn't help myself, and it's still like that. And so it's never going to be finalized. It's never going to be complete, and I'm never going to be able to post it or present it anywhere. The only way to trick myself out of that uh, it's like this thing, this podcast, uh, you would, it would have been the same thing. Um, but I think of it as, uh, I'm doing it for uh, radio misfits. So see, and this is, so I gotta do it. See, when I have a deadline and it's for someone else, it's almost like it's their project, you know? And, uh, so I have to do it <laughs> and that's the way it gets done. Otherwise, uh, you know, it doesn't, and, and to be honest, there's been a couple of shows here. I've got complete shows that I never posted because I redid it. Uh, even this one, I did a different version of it, and I, nah. And uh, so that does happen, but there's only a certain amount of time, and so <laughs> others flow right through. It's fine, especially when I have a guest on like I did last time. Ah, oh, boy, that's great because it's just so easy. You know, all I have to do is ask them questions and let, let them talk, you know? So... That works out. But anyway, but it, it still gets done. And when it's stuff for Bob Levy and stuff like that, you know, well, I get it done. Because uh, it, it's for them. But when it's on my own, completely my own project, and I'm going to present it when it's complete, well, uh, maybe one day. <laughs> I still work on them. I can't stop doing it, you know. But uh, will you ever get to see anything? I don't know. Um... The only other thing that's been successful was the uh, uh, videos that I did. And they were fun to do, and I was able to put them up there. And uh, uh, and I plan to do more. And you can go to Rift Tracks at Nelson Theater, or you can go to selfie.com, and uh, I got some of those there. And that sort of thing. But that's it. Because uh, um, the comic stuff, I've tried again and again. But even those are different versions of the same thing. It's like uh, the power fantasy thing I did a while back with that uh, contest, and I put that up there. Well, there's 30 different versions of that one. 
but this is the one that I put together. Uh, it was actually one I recolored from a different version where they were all different characters, and I changed them into the characters I'm interested in at that point. Uh, and so I included Night Knight in that. And Night Knight's a good example, too. Uh, Night Knight is the one I'm working on for my Batman spoof uh, stories. And, of course, he's featured in each one of these episodes. Uh, but there's different versions of him. At one point, he was Crow Man. At one point, he was Bug Man. I think Bug Man was the original one. Uh, he was uh, what a, a Wing Man, Mystery Man, Odd Man, just on and on and on. And uh, But Night Night, uh, I thought that one would click uh, because everybody knows Night Night. You know, when you say Night Night to go to bed and all that. And so that's what I went with, and hopefully that'll stick. The only problem is, is uh, I think I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, that there's a comic book series out there where they named a character Night Night. And uh, well, I thought of it first, damn it! But uh, you know, if it becomes a problem or whatever, and I have to, but I can always put in one of the other characters. <laughs> and recently, I was thinking about Bugman again, uh, because a lot of bugs are nocturnal. So maybe he could be Bugman and Night Knight, so that Night Knight would be like uh, with Batman, you know, they call him the Dark Knight, like he's got an extra nickname. It's like, if your name's Batman, why do you need an extra nickname? <laughs> but uh, that might be something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's an example of that that problem. But uh, I survived it. Uh, and if I hadn't, there wouldn't be a Mr. Nelson show, would there? No, no. So it's a good thing. Uh I got through that one, yes. Uh, anyway, as I mentioned, uh, last episode I had a guest, uh, Mercedes Carrera, and we talked about uh, mostly free speech and uh, that she's quite the champion of it. And uh, she was going to talk about that elsewhere at uh, SXSW, but apparently someone got irritated at some tweets she made, and so uh, the festival director, Hugh Forrest, and uh, he was, I guess, the principal that uh, uh, this woman... Okay, let me back up. Uh, this woman's name is Randy Lee Harper, I believe, and she's supposedly a anti-harassment activist. Uh, one of these, uh, you know, blue-headed uh, social justice warriors. And uh, a, a constant uh, nemesis for uh, Mercedes. <laughs> And so she went to the uh, the principal's office and complained and, and told on Mercedes. And anyway, Hugh Forrest sent uh, Mercedes an email saying, you got to delete this list of tweets that you did, which, I mean, which is really stupid. Because, I mean, the, whatever tweets that she put out, they're out. And anybody uh, who has any concern with it have already seen it. So it's a, kind of pointless. And especially when you're having a free speech discussion, you're, you're immediately going to do uh, censorship. So that pretty much ends the whole discussion right there. Uh, Mercedes is for free speech. Uh, you guys aren't. And that's all that is. Uh, so I was reading this from a Breitbart article on the subject, and uh, they listed two examples. of, And they just were pretty mild, and there wasn't even anything nasty in it. Uh I'm not sure they copied this one right because I'm kind of having a hard time understanding what it's saying here. It says, we are on gaming day, but Harper insured at SXSW put us at an unpopular end. We already got skewered media coverage. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, that was one example. And then the other one was, it just hurts too bad to be reminded of failure, eh, Harper? Uh, apparently, uh, 
these were examples of the ones that uh, Hugh Forrest said, you got to take those down. Oh, they're terrible. Uh, I'm assuming that the others must have been nastier. I don't know. But but even so, (laughs) when someone's nasty to you, when someone's nasty to you online, you can respond back and call them an asshole, you know, or you can block them. You know, the tools are already there, you know, uh, People expect everyone to uh, maintain their fantasy world that they're they're loved and wonderful and special to everybody, uh, but you're not. Um, it's the old saying about what, what do you do about bad speech? Uh, more speech, you know. You, you respond to it, and when it's an argument, you win the argument. Anyway, the, the irony of all this was pointed out in this article as well that uh, uh, Miss Harper, who is supposedly an anti-harassment activist. <laughs> Um, they gave a few couple of examples of her postings. Uh, she said, uh, but I don't know who she was talking to, but anyway, she said, you've made your Gamergate bed, now get fucked in it. And uh, another example was, fuck your feelings. <laughs> now that one, <laughs> that one's truly ironic. Uh, because yeah, protecting feelings is the whole point of uh anti-harassment activism and uh, social justice warriors pursuing safety zones and safe spaces and all that and worrying about triggers. Uh, And yet here she is. Fuck your feelings. That's amazing. It's like a total 180. (laughs) So uh, you can just cut to the chase here. The the point is uh, censorship for you, but not for Miss Harper, because uh, she's special and better and superior to you in her mind. And so uh, you shouldn't be allowed to speak, but she can say whatever the hell she wants. And then that's the way it goes, because that's, uh, that's how a fascist thinks. Uh, so uh, Mercedes responded to the principal, <laughs> Mr. Forrest, uh, and they, they printed the letter in the uh, article. Uh, she says, uh, Dear Hugh, it has come to my attention that you take issues with my personal opinions and commentary made on my personal Twitter account, and my previously agreed-upon appearance at the Save Point panel hinges upon my willingness to self-censor to your specifications. As my primary interest as an activist is in the realm of free speech, it goes without saying that I am tasked with upholding my convictions and morals. Therefore, I must respectfully decline their request to abdicate my moral duty to those who might also find themselves in a situation where their speech may be censored. You know, just some good points here. Her personal opinions and personal Twitter account. You can just ignore it. You ever think of that? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, what were they going to do? I mean, and there would be an... Would they project the uh, her Twitter messages on, like on the screen behind them at the panel or whatever? You know, and why not? Why don't you discuss that? Hash it out? Have an argument? Uh, that's what you're supposed to do with that. Uh, but... <sighs> these people, I mean, they're just, they can't take it. And who's going to respect a coward? You know, because that's cowardice. It just is. Uh, Anyway, she continues, It is my hope that you understand that free speech is woven into the very fabric of liberty that has made this country great. And as a female person of color and sex worker, I am well aware that my right for such always hangs precariously in the balance, unless I stand up for it on a daily basis. I therefore leave you with the following legal maxim. He who fails to assert his rights has none. Best regards, Mercedes. Um, she nails it right there. And what kind of an idiot uh, asks a porn star to censor herself? (laughs) 
Did he really think she would? <laughs> what a moron. Ah, but uh, what do you expect, you know? This reminds me of a thought I had when I'm watching any of those uh, Milo Yiannopoulos uh, videos where he's giving a, uh, a speech. And in uh, the Social Justice Warriors show up, uh, you know, they blare horns, they uh, paint their faces red, they just scream and holler and call him a fascist or whatever, which is odd because what they're doing, that's the fascist tactic. That's typical. I mean, you know, whatever town halls and stuff they would have in those days back in the uh, 20s and 30s, and they, they would just storm in and yell and yell everybody down and intimidate them to shut up. And that's how that works. And that's what they're doing. So it's like when... Uh, like Milo's like maybe a minute or two into his speech and then all the screaming and noise starts, he might as well just say, thanks, you proved my point. <laughs> the end. <laughs> because uh, uh, the fascism is them. And they they prove it every time they do that. And the same thing here with Mercedes. So, you know, big time kudos to Mercedes. She really is a champion of free speech. And... Uh, you know, I think a lot of these people expected some kind of bubble-headed airhead, you know, would come in and they would just destroy her or whatever. Well, they found out the hard way that's not true. Yeah, because uh, very unwise to just to have those assumptions when you're going into an argument with Miss Mercedes because uh, she is quite a formidable opponent in, uh, in speech and uh, thought and ideas uh, just because she really likes sex a lot. Uh that doesn't mean she's going to be a pushover uh, in a debate. So, again, kudos to our champion, Miss Mercedes Carrera. All right. I'll take a short break, and then we'll come back with Night Night. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. On the Bob Levy Show, John Kinzel shares his percentage of conventional wisdom. It was a Three Stooges convention. Uh, right they're up dead, in- aren't they? Yeah, but their their fans live on. <laughs> There's a- and there's a and I think like Larry's grandson's going to be there and stuff like that. That's going to be fun meeting him. <laughs> <laughs> Larry finds grandson. John, do you ever wake up in the morning and just punch yourself in the face? <laughs> a seven-year-old guy going, "Hey, Liam Malone, why are you? What's the big idea?" This Three Stooges one is coming up. It's the first one in like 25 years around here, and I went to it before and I I stood in line for. 25 minutes to get Moe's son's autograph. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Right? And, and it was the Mo's guy. son. Yeah. It, it, it was Moe's, the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that owns it. And I get right up to him, and he goes, I'm going to lunch. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, and there was like 35 people in line, and he just walked away. Right? And then Did I you go to Pep Boys and get that <laughs> Moe to sign something? Yeah. I, 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 can get, I can get you... Bob's big boy to sign you something. <laughs> your debt certificate. There was a guy there named Dave Curly Knight, the man who will be curly. He makes a living as a professional curly impersonator. Wow, that must be exciting. I know, right? And, it's, and I, I laugh at how stupid all this shit is. I don't. You no, know. you don't. You fucking go well, there with a fucking so, boner. So, I, <laughs> so I, when I, uh, I go in the, into the bathroom, and there's a Dave Curly Knight, the man who will be curly... In the bathroom? Did you look at his dick? No. 
He was in the bathroom mirror. And go, woo, 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 woo. He was putting Neosporin all over his face and Visine in his eyes because he kept posing for pictures. And everybody had to grab him and punch him in the head. Like, why you? And smack him. And at the end of the day, his face is all covered in welts. But that's the price you be for being a professional curling impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> and he even sound like him, too. He's like, hey, Mo, Mo what's going on, you? <laughs> you see, folks, your good friend John Kinsel attends crap like that, so you don't have to. Tune in to the Bob Levy Show on RadioMisfits.com. Years ago, I almost made a terrible mistake. I almost chose to be with the wrong soulmate. You see, I was dating a woman we'll call Jennifer. And one day, the time came I had to meet her folks. And so we agreed to meet at Crapper Barrel, old country store. And we did. But her mother was enormously obese. Yes, that was my first clue. Because if that's in her genes, well... Anyway, her mother ordered and ordered and ordered. And, well, on the way home, it happened. Oh, no! Mama! Mama, what's wrong? Oh, it's coming! Oh, no! It's coming out! <laughs> yes, it did come out. All over the seat. All over the road. It was horrible. We eventually got her home. And into the bathroom. But then, Jenny went to the kitchen and returned, heading back to the bathroom with a butter knife. Jenny, uh, what are you doing with that butter knife? Well, Mama can't get her cheeks apart, so she needs a little help. At that, I, I fully understood the house of horrors I'd just walked into. I turned and saw Jenny's father. He gave me this look of understanding and then sort of nudged towards the back room. I went to it, and there I found a window, through which I escaped. I ran! I'd never looked back. Fortunately, I was able to meet my true soulmate, which, of course, just happened to be the wife of my cousin and childhood best friend. But, ah, well, shit happens. <laughs> Say, what's your Crapper Barrel story? Don't have one? Well, then you need to come on down and visit us here at Crapper Barrel Old Country Store so that you can have a tale to tell, too. Remember actor Peter Graves? He was from the original Mission Impossible TV series, and he starred as the pedophile airline pilot from the movie Airplane. He also starred in another film, as a nuclear physicist tormented by alien killers from space. The title is somewhat misleading, as they only kill one man, and his death is kind of an accident. And they spend the rest of the movie showing Peter films of bugs. Because of all this, I've decided to crap all over this film with my commentary. Yes, it's like watching crappy old movies with me. All you have to do is head over to my video store at selfy.com slash nelson that's s-e-l-l-f-y dot com slash nelson there you'll find this and many other films that I've brutalized so show some love drop some change and watch some movies with me Mr. Nelson warning due to an extreme lack of talent 
bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. The Conti and Kenny Show. Real, real quick, Marianne in the chat room was like, do I know you mud flaps? Never thought I'd ever ask a question like that. <laughs> no, that's me. Well, she must have been standing naked over a mirror on the floor. <laughs> do I know you mud flaps? My gyno does. Open up. Here comes the, here comes the, uh, the, the, the tongues. Here comes the old vagina salad tongues. <laughs> Come on, I see a crouton in there. <laughs> the Conti and Kenny Show, Monday nights, 7 to 10, on morelikeradio.com. This is Night Night, and I'm here to tell you that you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. It's another fine evening in Minneapolis that is suddenly and rudely interrupted at a come-and-go convenience store. Give me all that damn money in your cash register. Oh, God. Don't hurt me. I won't if you stop acting a fool and don't be nothing moved but the money, bitch. But from outside can be heard the roaring engine of the Night Cruiser. Hey. Where's the shit room in here? My partner here is about to have it running down his leg. Uh, 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 excuse me, uh, I'm out of here. Yeah, whatever. Night, night, that guy just robbed me! Oh, no! Damn it, Boo Boo! Not on the floor! Jeez! But he... Listen, lady, unless you want to mop up Boo Boo Poo all night, you'd better tell me where the toilet is. But, um, it's in the back to the left. No! Oh, man! But night night, that that guy, that the, the one that just left, he he robbed me. What? Well, why didn't you say something stupid? But 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 I did. Oh man, I only barely made it. Well, thank God for that. But well, some of it splattered on the stall walls. Oh, damn it! <laughs> well, never mind that, Bubo. We've got a larcenous criminal to catch. Okay. Hey, where's the night cruiser? What? It, it's gone. Damn! Somebody stole the night cruiser. No, Bubo. They ripped it off. With their night cruiser gone, our heroes find themselves on a city bus. Whoa! What was that? Probably the night cruiser's self-destruct mechanism going off. What? If anyone besides us tries to operate the cruiser for more than 15 minutes, it blows itself up. Which is a pity, because we're now down to only two cruisers. Yeah, I wonder why Smedley didn't answer our call earlier. He could have sent us another cruiser by remote control. He's probably occupied with the gardener's ass. God damn! Something smells like shit! Oh, yeah, that's probably me. My butt exploded in the bathroom. 
Well, sit somewhere else, poo boy. Hey, poo boy may be an idiot, but he's my idiot, and he's part of the greatest force for justice in the world. So show some respect. Respect? With somebody in shitty drawers? You, you ungrateful pissant. What? No, 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 not get no show. Hey, hey, you, get off my bus. <sighs> exactly right. This asshole doesn't deserve public transportation. No, I meant you, Night Night. And so our heroes later find themselves in a taxi cab. Once again, your bodily functions derail my crusade, Bubo. Well, when nature calls, poo poo falls. <laughs> Lord, the smell. You need to wash your ass the second we get home. Well, we're almost about to pull into the night's lair. Yes, and. Ooh, we can't let this cab driver know the location of the night's lair. Ah, it only seems fitting that the night night would live behind the club night nightclub. Uh, sorry, citizen, but, well, sucks to be you. What? <coughs> I, I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> Nanny night tail head. <laughs> Shut up, Bubo. Damn it. Now, we've got to wreck his car and then pour beer all over him so it'll look like he got drunk and crashed. <laughs> Anyway, about an hour later, our heroes finally find their way to the Night's Lair. What? Mr. Night-Night? You back already? <laughs> Mr. Night-Night? <laughs> it sounds stupid. Shut up, Boo-Boo. Hey, that's Mr. Boo-Boo to you. <laughs> Shut up, Boo-Boo, before I spank the little butt. <laughs> you can't do that, you fart. What? <laughs> you smell like that's because he shit himself. Again. Oh, man. <laughs> Serves you right, you old fart. Go wash your ass, boo-boo. Now! Man, I'm so sick of this shit. Yeah, well, I'm afraid you're going to have to double up on double duty. What? Well, not only do you have to use extra bleach on boo-boo's tights, but you need to contact our different supply companies to ship us the necessary parts so that you can get busy assembling a new night cruiser. We had to lose another one tonight. Damn! What happened? The details don't matter, Smedley. What matters is the crusade. I can't have you slacking on the job to go off and shove your face up the gardener's ass. <laughs> no, damn it! No! You don't talk about her! You don't talk about her! Not now, not ever! Oh, oh. What, what the hell? What's this? Has Smedley finally had enough of Night Night's crap? Is there only so much absurdity one man can take? Has Night Night finally pushed him too far? Or is it something else? Find out in the next episode of Night Night! But wait, what's this going on across town in the old abandoned warehouse district? I... I did as you asked, Brutus. I... I left my sweet smedley. <laughs> so, so now you can give me all the copies of that tape. I'm sorry, baby, but... I just ain't that stupid. No, I'm gonna hold on to them pornos you made to keep you under my thumb. <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> now you better start treating me nice, girl. 
or that shit's gonna end up all over the internet and break your poor mama and daddy's heart. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> to break up this romantic moment, but it's time for your little girlfriend here to give me detailed maps of Club Night and other wild Richmond properties. Damn, boss. You want to rip off Richmond? Me and my boys can clean out Richmond's penthouse tomorrow night. Shut up, Brutus. Low Richmond is my business, and my business alone. Oh, no! B-Man has returned! And what sinister plan does he have for Lyle Richmond, who is in reality Night Night? This and other questions will be answered next week. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? I always wear a condom. This AIDS thing sucks, don't it? Really sucks. What's the next disease gonna be like? You know what it'll be? Anytime a guy has an orgasm, the head of his car is gonna shoot off like a champagne cork. Then you gotta find a dick and go to the hospital. Honey, my cock rolled under your couch. Get a stick, help me look for it. It looks like a pink fireman's hat. Help me out here. Hey, there's two cocks under there. What's going on? All right. There's a black one under the couch. Leave it there, the cat will get it. Our pal, the late, great Otto Peterson, is sadly no longer with us. But his legacy of laughs lives on at ottoandgeorge.com. There you can find his t-shirt, his DVDs, and all things Otto and George at ottoandgeorge.com. The Bob Levy Show supports Warrior Point, Inc. It was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you're still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join the ranks of Warrior Point to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our great nation. Follow them on Twitter at Warrior Point and friend them on Facebook and go to warriorpoint.org. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for another episode of Perhaps, But Maybe Not. Media mogul Dmitry Itzkov plans to live forever by uploading his personality to a robot. Money can buy you immortality, according to the Russian internet multimillionaire who is plowing a fortune into a project to create a human that never dies. Web entrepreneur Dmitry Itzkov is behind the 2045 initiative, an ambitious experiment to bring about immortality within the next 30 years by creating a robot capable of storing human personalities. 
with a group of neuroscientists, robot builders, and consciousness researchers say they can create an android that is capable of uploading someone's personality. Different scientists call it uploading, or they call it mind transfer. I prefer to call it personality transfer, said Dimitri. It would work by uploading a digital version of a human brain into an android, effectively rebooting a person's mind, which would take the form of a robotic copy of a human body or, once technology has developed, a hologram with a full human personality. <sighs> so you wouldn't really be living forever, you would just be a copy. Anyway, Mr. Itzkoff, who at 35 has amassed a fortune from his internet media firm, New Media Stars, says he is 100% sure it will happen. He told BBC Horizon in a documentary, If there is no immortality technology, I'll be dead in the next 35 years. The project's first step is to create a robot that can be controlled using the mind. Eric Sorto, who was shot and paralyzed from the neck down at the age of 21, can now control a robotic arm with his mind, thanks to sensors implanted in his brain. Now that is pretty cool, but I don't know about this just making a copy of yourself and putting it into a robot. You're still just as dead. It's just some copy of you walking around in a, in a stupid android body. Uh, well, anyway, is this the secret to immortality? Perhaps. But maybe not. And now, an update on a news story that was presented in an earlier Mr. Nelson show. Siblings busted for robbery of Girl Scout. A brother-sister duo is jailed on felony robbery charges in connection with the theft of a cash box from a Girl Scout who was selling cookies outside a Walmart in Florida. Nicholas Del Bruge... 20, and Ashley Winters, 25, were collared last night and booked into the Volusia County Jail. Del Bruges, locked up on a $150,000 bond, was charged with robbery by sudden snatching, a felony, and petty theft. Winters, facing similar criminal counts, is being held in lieu of $50,000 bond. According to police, the siblings ripped off Lacey Lee, 12, while she was stationed Sunday afternoon outside a Walmart in Deltona. The child told cops that a man and woman approached her table and that the female kept asking questions about the cookies the man lee recalled kept staring at the cash box which held about two hundred dollars after then spending 30 minutes inside walmart police report the duo exited the store because of the male suspect's prior suspicious actions lee held on to the metal cash box according to cops but the man wrested the box away from the child and ran off with the cookies sale proceeds making his getaway in a car driven by his female cohort who was with a young girl. After the disturbing surveillance images of the suspects, investigators quickly identified Del Bruges and Winters as the alleged cookie monsters. In addition to the duo's grandfather identifying them as the individuals in the surveillance images... <laughs> Good work, Grandpa. Winters' husband's... <laughs> Winters' husband? <laughs> Uh, Winter's husband contacted cops to say that his wife was the woman seen in the Walmart video, <laughs> that she was accompanied by the couple's juvenile daughter. <laughs> yeah, time to get a lawyer. Anyway, Del Bruce, whose rap sheet includes prior bust for battery, possession of drug paraphernalia, and marijuana possession, was picked out of a police lineup by Lee. So, those bastards were caught. Justice was done. 
Well, thank God we got that uh, solved and taken care of, and that's wrapped up. So, uh, speaking of wrapping things up, I guess I'll wrap up this episode of Mr. Nelson. Boy, it's tough to get through anything number 26. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we'll call it a night. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs>